0: Welcome back to another episode of Bearing Soul. My name is Cindy, and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest. This is the first guest that's like outside my sisters, and I guess my best friend. But yeah, um, let's her introduce
1: herself. Hi guys. Um, my name is Joanna. I live in, I guess this would be Schaumburg, Illinois, or Chicago, and. People hate when you say you're from Chicago and you don't live in Chicago, but I'm from Chicago. So, Um, but I'm based out of Schaumburg, and I'm very excited to be here. Here (laughs) Period.
0: Okay, so um, so I wanted to talk about the fact that. Well, we're both immigrants, but you moved here when you were way younger, and I just wanted to talk about your experience as a child immigrant, Um, just the whole experience and how that's affected your mental health, then we'll get into that episode. But first, I want to ask you, um, what has been your proudest moment so far?
1: Um, My proudest moment has been in my career this year. Um, I... I work in a male-dominated industry, so I work in distribution and logistics. Mm -hmm. And um, I have always had to be, like, in everybody's face about the way that I run um, my day-to-day at work. So I've always put myself out there. I told my boss that at one point that I was going to be a director, (laughs) And he kind of like laughed it off. Um, so I've been with the company that I'm with. I'm going on three years in November. And I see, I recently got promoted to a senior manager about two months ago. And then I got promoted again uh, last week. So I've been working really, really hard and proving myself. Um, I'm the only female uh, senior manager. There's no other senior manager that's a woman. And I'm the only black person that's a senior manager. So um, it's probably been one of my most tough field to break into, but it's been my proudest moment so far. It's, you know, women always are told to kind of lay back and kind of relax. And I refuse to do that. I am a very much in your face type of girl, so (laughs) I refuse to just relax and um, let, my male counterparts kind of be above me or give the bare minimum and get awarded so that has been my probably proudest moment it's been the best year in my career ever like I've worked really hard so it's really it's really nice to feel celebrated for sure
0: I love it so much for you i be seeing you talking about it on Twitter
1: and I'm like yes! girl it was a struggle
0: yeah, but we're here right yeah. <laughs> here okay so now to get into the actual conversation if you could just take us back to when you moved to the U.S. and just like what was the experience like for you what school life social setting like social life and just the whole moving experience what was that like for you and how old were you when you moved
1: guys eh America is <laughs> not easy when you come as the immigrant <laughs> when Africa was not cool, okay? I came to America in the 2000s, like early, actually like the 90s going into the 2000s. I was 10 and it was me and two of my older brothers, Aria and Chris. And I remember like our final two weeks in Uganda and how my mom was so stressed out because we were not coming with her because my dad was here. So mom was just like taking us to the airport. And I was so scared. I was so excited that I never even got really sad about leaving Uganda cuz I was excited to see my dad. Yeah. So I hadn't seen my dad like I remember a glimpse of him cuz my dad left Uganda when I was like a baby. I remember when we took my dad to the airport. Um when we took him to Kenya cuz he flew out of Kenya. I was a baby and my mom my mom can't even believe that I remember that. <laughs> but I remember it. Like oh, it was know. I had to have been at least a year old. And I still remember it. So we took my dad. My dad was here. So my mom was like stressing out (laughs) because, you know, three kids leaving in one setting is a lot. So uh, I was so excited. So I was not nervous at all. The only person that was really sad was Aria. And he's probably going to hear this, but Aria was like very sad. He was crying and everything. He was so sad. He's a mama's boy, so he didn't he didn't know what to do with himself. He, he couldn't see his life without my mom, but I was very excited, and we came in the wintertime. The worst idea ever. I don't even know why my dad did that, but Bro, <laughs> we,
0: must you here? we moved... came in
1: November in the oh, wow. dead winter. It was snowing, so when we got to the airport at O'Hare, I walked outside, and the wind hit me. I was like, nope. I went right back in the airport. I was like, what is this? Like <laughs> mean, that's the part where the excitement went away. I was like, uh, please take me back home. <laughs> it's like, what is that out there? Like I was not excited. I've seen videos of people being excited to see snow. Mm-hmm. Not me. I was not, I was dad, please, what is this? I was <laughs> that was not happy. And then I remember um my first meal was at O'Hare and this is when people could come all the way to the gates to pick up people that were showing up mm-hmm. this is way be, like before 9/11 so um i we went and got we went to mcdonald's and i had and i got a burger and i threw up it was disgusting i was like what is this like i was just <laughs> my first 2 hours in america i was i was so over it and i just wanted to go home <laughs> and, I, and that's when it hit me like I, I think I miss my mom. Like, this is a lot. Uh, and then... So yeah, it was like, what in the world? Like, the snow, the food, all bad. And uh, my first day at school, oh, my God. I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> first of all, kids were just sure. staring at me. Luckily for me, like... I don't know. Is my mom made sure that I had like braids in my hair? So I had braids my first week. So I it was just kids cheering, and then I had an accent, and they kept asking me, "Where are you from?" Because I was black, obviously, with this accent, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, "I'm from Uganda." And I was, "Where's Uganda?" And I was like, "It's in Africa." And I remember this girl who is actually on my Facebook. I found her, like, a year ago. She was, like, my first friend. She was from Jamaica. And okay. they had moved here two years before we did. And she came and sat next to me. She's like, you'll be fine. Like, we'll we'll get through it. And I was like, I hate it here. I cried, like, mm-hmm. I think the first um, month of school because I, I was just like this. I was not used to that environment where kids are constantly staring. Right. And it was not just, like, I went to a black school. So it was majority black school. Black school, um, Majority of my class was black. I think we only had maybe one or two people who are not black. But it was so interesting to like see people who have the same complexion as you stare at you because you're different. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. And I was telling my dad, I want to go home. I think I said I wanted to go home maybe the first six months of being in America. Because um, I was just so used to. Oh, oh my god don't give me la- laundry I was used to somebody you know doing our laundry at home and then mm-hmm. here my dad's like oh the machine is downstairs I'm like huh <laughs> what like we do our own laundry <laughs> I was having cultural shock you do your own laundry you have to cook your own food I was so confused I'm like what is happening um
0: I can't imagine how confusing and, like, frustrating that must have been for you. The whole... The- oh,
1: frustrating. Like, America is no... Like, seriously, if you come to America now, oh, it's the best thing ever. But back then, it was not. It was brutal. Um, kids were mean. I got called... You know, the first time I got called a African booty scratcher, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh... I was so confused. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. Uh, no, I'm laughing. You know what? As an adult, we laugh about it because you're like, that was a mean thing. But back then, I was... Imagine being from you and somebody says African, but what does that mean? I was like, what does that mean? And I was like so confused. It didn't even sting or hurt because I was legitimately confused by it. So... <laughs> Uh, It it was not a good experience, honestly. It was not. Um, And then I didn't start to enjoy America until I think my, when I was in seventh grade, no, sixth grade, sixth grade, a year later, I had made friends. Um, My Mm -hmm. accent had started to go away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started getting into sports. I was doing cheerleading and I was on a dance team. So that helped me like kind of get out of my shell Uh, But I was always, like, a very outspoken child from from the get-go. America humbled me very quickly. (laughs) I did not know what to say, what to do. Like, my dad was confused because he had heard of all the things that, you know, I'll get on the phone and I'll be like, well, I don't like what you sent me. You should have sent me this. Like, I was very outspoken. So for him to see me like that, he, he was, like, very worried. Cause he's like, that's not who she is. But I got out of my shell, sixth grade, seventh grade. Um, and this, I, I, we lived on the North side. So the North side of this, of Chicago is mainly immigrants yeah. for the most part. It's a lot of um, Africans, a lot of Haitians, a lot of Jamaicans, a lot of Belizeans. So once I got in to notice who was from where it, it started to like click for me and I met, made friends who I'm still friends with to this day. My friend Amoki, she's from Nigeria. She came like two years after me. Um, and I had to kind of like take her under my wing because I knew she mm-hmm. was going to be bad because she came in straight up with a British accent and um, her mother tongue language, like accent going with it. And I was like, whoo, you're <laughs> going to have a <it> tough, honey. <laughs> And, you know, we just, I think all the African girls, like, we just got together and we we're like, we're just going to make it work. And it worked. We made it. We made it happen.
0: I love it for you. When you talked about the, the Jamaican girl that came, like, and took you under her wing, I was like, oh, and yeah, like, you guys like together.
1: I know. She was so sweet. <laughs> so she's still one of the sweetest people ever. I have on my Facebook and she's a mom now. But I'm just like, I can't believe you were, like, my first American friend. Like, do you have, do you, like, still talk to
0: your, do you have friends in Uganda, and do you still, like,
1: talk to them? So, I I did, but I don't remember most of them. The only person that I um, talked to in Uganda that is my god sister, her mom, like, we grew up together, so our parents were very close. Our moms were like best friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the only person that I have a connection with back home. And she's married with three kids. So really, literally, our conversations are very lost in transition because she's a married woman with kids. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm single and being a city girl. So so it's kind of hard to, (laughs) you know, have a connection. But She's the only connection I have to in Uganda, everybody else. I came so young. I don't remember half of the people there. And then my friend, Susan, who my, one of my aunts married her dad. And I used to go to Kenya on the in the summer, like for school, which did school break. I used to go to Kenya to their house. They had a pool. So that's how I learned how to swim. I keep in touch with her and she lived here in America. And then she went back after she graduated um, college. So, that's about the only two people I have connections with in Uganda and Kenya. That's it. Not true. Yeah. Well, at
0: least you have a lot of friends in the U.S. For someone who moved to the U.S. when I was way older, I feel like 99.9 9
1: of my friends are in Uganda. Uganda, yeah. I envy that, though, because my brothers um, came older, so they have friends back in Uganda. So, they can go home and actually get to hang mm-hmm. out with their friends. I I've been, I've been lucky that I have I come from a very big family so I have cousins millions of cousins everywhere so if I go back home it, I'll probably be just hanging out with my cousins because I don't really have any friends that I remember I mean my mom will bring up certain people and be like remember so and so like I do not I, I really don't she's like you have you have great memory but you don't have great memory <laughs> So, yeah, I, I I envy you guys for having that connection home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say because you could remember something that happened when you were one, but you can't... I
1: know. ...friends. <laughs> I know, I know. Um,
0: so I also wanted to ask you if you could imagine how do you think your life would have turned out if you stayed in Uganda? Um,
1: I had a really good life in Uganda. Like, my parents made sure we, me and my, my brothers had a really good life like we went to the best schools uh we were pretty much like be raised well so i don't think i i would have felt a difference honestly um like i said when i came here it was a cultural shock for me because back home we I, I was privileged to a lot of things that were not here in the u.s when i got here gotcha. um, which changes everything like you know, I had somebody who took me to school. I had somebody who cooked. I had somebody who did laundry. Like it, we didn't have that here when we came <laughs> to America, so it was very much a, a culture shock. So I don't think I don't think my life would have been any different. Um, I think it would have been nice. I, I I don't see it being any different. I honestly miss having a nice accent. It's coming back as I'm getting older. There's certain Ooh. things I say, and people are like, "What did you say?" so i i don't think my life would have been any different honestly i think it would have been it would have been nice to grow up back home yeah
0: i feel you well i can tell you it was nice
1: (laughs) i (laughs) bet i'm jealous i'm
0: jealous (laughs) (laughs) when are you going back
1: i get this question all the time (laughs) um (laughs) you know what i I actually honestly, truly, I did want to go back home this year, but my mom's coming. I don't know if you know, but my mom lives in Uganda.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: she went back. She does not like the United States. It's not her thing. Yeah. Um, once we grew up and we were okay to take care of ourselves, she was like, okay, bye. <laughs> and left. So, <laughs> um, I was going to go to Uganda this year, but, but my mom is going to come this year. So, um, I have to say it. Like I said, for me going to Uganda, I have to go to Uganda when I know my cousins from London are also going to Uganda because yeah. I'm I'm closer to them than my cousins in in Uganda. So I feel like I would have they would have to be going for me to go, or my my siblings would have to be going for me to go. Uh, so I just don't go to Uganda and just look silly. Now I did <laughs> meet some people in Clubhouse during the Clubhouse era. Mm -hmm. they tell me all the time come to uganda come to uganda but still i feel like i need to go to uganda with people that i know to experience it in their eyes because i hear nothing but good things i mean i watch you guys snaps and i'm like wow i'm so jealous
0: (laughs) but also i don't think i would go if i knew that at least one of my sisters was there
1: yeah see because you want to be around somebody that you know it just it gives you a comfort rep like you just feel comfort when you know that you're with genuine people that want you to have a good time,
0: yeah,
1: and i i'm not I'm not too kin with strangers, even though I think it's cool that people would invite me out. I just would feel more comfortable if my family is around, so
0: oh, I feel you, yeah, all right, so for the next topic i want. well, I think we've touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to talk about um. Your the mental health struggles, like from what you can remember since you moved, like, um, do you think that? Well, I think he talks about it, but let me just ask the question. <laughs> um Since you moved, had moving had any effect on your mental health? And then bring us back to the present. And um, if you could share how, now that you are like evolved, immigrant black, well, yeah, immigrant black woman, mm. how was navigating mental health struggles currently?
1: Um, definitely moving. I think going into moving to America, I was excited. So obviously, it was a level of excitement. But once I got here, and I realized that being African isn't the coolest thing in the world, <laughs> it did kind of affect my mental health. I did have like some really down moments. Yeah. Um, And I was lucky, like I said, to have met some friends who also were immigrants like me. Um, like my best friend Mimi I'm still best friends with her to this day I met her and her family when I was in seventh grade and it was like to, they're from Sierra Leone they have Sierra Leone have Senegalese and when I met them I was just they just look like some there's some kids that I hung out with back home so it was like so much fun but I think they got me out of like that weird phase that I was in because I was like giving my dad such a hard time because I hated it. I hated America um, because it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel good being stared at. It didn't feel good people questioning why you talk like that. Why do you have an accent? Like yep. it being having an accent was not such a cool thing at that time. So it, it definitely made me feel away and I didn't like how it made me feel. And my brothers, they thrived because they were in high school when they came. So they met all these, like, their Haitian friends and Jamaican friends. And I feel like they fit in right away where I kind of struggled going into it. But, I mean, I think it took me a while, but once I got to a certain age, like, sixth seventh grade I kind of got out of my shell met more other immigrants we talked about our struggles we laughed at the American kids and what (laughs) they had going on and then we talked about the life we have back home and we all had the same kind of life back home yeah and I think those memories and um also, not even just like going to Ugandan parties. We used to go to a lot. It was a lot of Ugandan parties when I came to, to America. So going to Ugandan parties and seeing other Ugandan kids and talk about our experiences at school and like just being able to, to just have fun and hear people speak Luganda Uganda and eat our food, our culture food, that helped a lot. It made you forget. Like those little struggles that I you had on a day to day when you look forward to going to a party on a weekend. You're like, Oh my god, I get to see like all my friends, my Ugandan friends. Yeah. We're gonna dance. I was in a dancing, um, we had a dance group, a Ugandan dancing dance group, and we used to dance at parties and that was fun. So I think it was just <laughs> could
0: you dance maganda.
1: Yeah, I could dance maganda. Girl, <laughs> you better ask somebody. I'm a full-blown dancer let me tell you but yeah we had a dance it was called Pearl Dancers we were around for a while Um, we used to dance at conventions at parties Uh, so it it was nice I think community the sense of community definitely helped with my mental health a lot
0: yeah I agree I feel like as immigrants, the one thing that's going that helps us survive in different countries, in new countries, is community.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely community. And then as an adult, like as a a full blown, my dad says, I can't even tell that you you were not born in Uganda because he's like your accent is all. But I speak Uganda fluently, mm-hmm. so that never went away. Um, that's good because a lot of people come and like try to switch up. girl you may you may have met people and in, in greet them in Lugana and they greet you in English are you okay <laughs> like you just came <laughs> you just got off the plane yesterday I understand
0: <laughs> for
1: real <laughs> so yeah I as an adult um I think I went to I got my degree in social work so um I channel some of the things that i learned in my journey to being a social worker which i ended up not doing but um and kind of mimic that into my adult life i am in therapy i've been going to therapy for four years now um and it's nice it's nice to go and talk about things to people that a person that doesn't know you Mm. that has no room to judge you that can literally give you unbiased advice Um, And I know that's a stigma in our community. It's a stigma in Black community in general to go to a therapist. But I'm telling you, if you're listening to this, seek out therapy. It will help you in ways you don't even know that you need it. Um, It helped me a lot. I was very guarded. Um, And it's things that I've seen in my childhood growing up that I carried into my adult life, which then affected the way I deal with relationships with men and I had to kind of unpack that. So therapy has done wonders and (laughs) it has helped me be able to just be myself and not be whatever makes people feel comfortable. Um, and I think that's a lot of, a lot of people in our age group struggle with that, that sense of identity, trying to figure your life if, you know, people love you for who you are. And, I'm telling you, therapy works. And your insurance covers it. My insurance covers my therapy. I only paid the copay, and that's it. So look into it. Um, look into insurance covering. It will change your life. I promise.
0: I agree 100%. And also, if you're in Kampala, I know a place. Um, I think it's called Kampala Counseling Services. And the lady that owns it went to school here.
1: Just saying. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so you know you can if you live in America, blackgirlstherapy.com. Yeah, yeah, that's where I put my thing. Ther- <laughs> <laughs> you go in there, you put your insurance, you put where you're at, and it will bring up all these people that are close to you, these black therapists. And sometimes maybe your therapist doesn't have to be black. But personally, me, I wanted a black therapist because I wanted somebody who can relate to me. Um, in my day-to-day. So that's why I went with the black therapist. But like I said, it might that might not be the route for you. But if you are looking for a therapist, com.
0: Period. Okay, so now we're going to go into the last segment of the show. I know I didn't share this part with you, but it's just the advice question that I read out at the end. Uh-huh. Um, so the segment is called Soul Guide. If you guys want to send your questions, situations, whatever it is, you can email us at bearingsouls@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And for today's question, for today's question, it says, hey Cindy, I've been doing, oh, Sorry. I've been feeling overwhelmed and stressed at my workplace first of all, this question is so you're the perfect person to answer this question. Anyway <laughs> I've been feeling overwhelmed and stressed at my workplace due to a toxic environment. The constant criticism from my supervisor is taking a toll on my confidence and I find it difficult to contribute to, to contribute in team meetings. Additionally, there's a lot of gossip and rumors circulating which is which is taking away trust and making collaboration and teamwork challenging for me. On top of that, my hard work often goes unnoticed, leaving me feeling undervalued and demotivated. There's also a colleague who constantly belittles my ideas, leading to self-doubt, and some team members form cliques, excluding me from important discussions. Um, the workload is overwhelming, and they give us very tight deadlines, and this is making me feel burnt the fuck out um all these all these factors are taking a toll on my well-being and mental health and I honestly feel like I want to quit but also I need the job to survive what can you suggest to help me navigate this difficult situation and make positive changes in my workplace oof I know
1: (laughs) that was a lot Um, um well for one I would say um You know, working in a workplace, you have to put you first. Um, And you, when you put you first, I mean, you show up for you. You do every, all your things, your day-to-day work, your day-to-day, overlooking all the noise behind you. You have to, to, to take that out and just focus on you. You can only fix you. You can't fix everybody around you. And I think that's the first step. Um, And it sounds like a very toxic environment where it's not just your coworkers, but it's the management. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't fix that. And you, I don't like to tell people to get another job, (laughs) but I do think there are cases where you really truly just need to get another job. Um, And this is one of the ones where I would say it um, just because if it was just coworkers, I think that's easy to na- navigate and work out. But when management is involved, you know you you can go above the management, go to your manager's manager. But sometimes that causes a bad morale at work yeah. and makes things worse for you. Um, it really has to come down to how bad do you really need this job because it is no longer a want and it's a need. Like you, you know, you don't have enough savings, so you need a job to to make your bills Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: how you looked at have you thought about looking for another job have you thought about taking your talent somewhere else where they're more appreciated and I think in adult life work environments those are decisions that we unfortunately have to make is do I want to continue paying my bills and then look for a job or do I quit because it's taking really a toll on my mental health because when you get burnt out you will get burnt out and you yep. won't be able to come back from that. Um, so I think those are the kind of questions you have to ask yourself. Is this, this, is this an opportunity that you just need for bills so you can possibly find something else? Maybe you need to look into that. And I, and I say, look on the company's computer. Cause that's what I'd be doing. Oh, period. <laughs> um, <laughs> you better update your resume on their, on their clock and start looking for other jobs and apply. It doesn't kill you to apply for a job if you already have a job. and Because it it doesn't stop, that cash flow is not stopping, but it gives you the opportunity to go do interviews. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out because you currently have a job. Um, But I would say start looking now, update your resume now, and work on you and your self-confidence because nobody can tell you tear you down unless you let them you have to be able to show up for yourself and and be strong for you when you let people get in your head about self-doubt like I said in my industry I'm um, I sit in meetings with nothing but white men I'm the only black woman um majority of the calls I'm on it's nothing but men it might be one or two women and does the it bothered you in the beginning? Absolutely. But then you realize that that's why you have to work hard because yeah. then you can be heard. So then nobody can overtalk you. Nobody can, you know, talk over you. I've been lucky that I've been blessed with really good bosses. Like my boss is all about making sure that I'm, he's my biggest cheerleader. So he makes sure that I get the promotions I need. He makes sure that I get to the conferences that I need to go to. So, you got to advocate for yourself. You don't have that people advocating for you. You got to advocate for yourself and you got to build your self confidence because then that would take out all the noise, the coworkers. You just got to work with those people. I don't know. I know it bothers you because you see them Monday through Friday, but I don't have relationships like that with my coworkers. So, it doesn't <laughs> bother me. <laughs> like. You know, I see them, and we do what we have to do, and then we go home. And I enjoy the weekends with my friends. Like, so build on your self-confidence, fix your resume, apply for jobs, keep applying. Even if you get a rejection letter, keep applying. And find a job that makes you happy. Life is too short to be working miserable jobs, honestly. honestly. It's just this, Like, I mean... But yeah, you gotta show up for yourself. That's really the biggest advice I can give you is to get get away from the noise. Don't let people get to you, and just build yourself confidence and fix that resume, girl. <laughs> you don't need a new job.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like, I guess validate that this person may be in Uganda, and the Ugandan job market is not like as easy. I would say as, that's true. Yeah, you know, but. Baby, you can't pour from an from an empty cup. Is that
1: what yeah. Yeah. I get it. And like I said, I might have given some advice more looking on a, on the a U.S. side versus the, the Ugandan side. But even in the Ugandan side, I feel yeah. like if if you're so unhappy, it's going to start to show up. Exactly. It's going to start to show up in everything you do. And not just your job, but in your outside relationships and your friends and you're always angry and you're always anxious because your job has gotten you to that point. So, don't let. I. I like I said, life. Life is just way too short to be sad and mad all the time, and working miserable jobs. And if you have to pay bills, I absolutely understand it. But then that's when you have to take that out of and focus and be like, I'm here because I got. I got rent to pay. Mm-hmm. so whatever they got going on don't <laughs> care because I, t- today is the first and uh, my landlord is going to need their check exactly and that's going to have to be your motivation to go to work every day <laughs> to get your bills paid and you're going to have to find that happiness outside of work with your friends with your family and sometimes people do that sometimes we hate our job I've not always had the best jobs but I needed money so I sucked it up and kind of just focused on the fact that I had to pay my bills and then had fun outside of work. So
0: go in, get your bag and leave
1: and go home. That's it. And leave. <laughs> get your bag and leave. <laughs> well,
0: we've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so
1: so, oh, thank you for, for having me I always listen to these episodes I'm like she better invite me one of these <laughs> days and you invited me yay thank you It was it was fun it was nice going back and channeling my my young days in America so thank you
0: you're welcome well thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week bye